This is the To Health With That, Naturally Healthy in No Time podcast for big health topics taken in small bites. I'm your host, naturopathic doctor, Amy Nuzel, and this is season one, all about the MTHFR mutation. Hi there. Today we're going to talk about why MTHFR folks need other B vitamins too, not just folate. The methylation pathway seems relatively minor. Your body moves a one carbon group around. Big deal. And yet, it ties into the major processes of cellular energy formation, which is basically human energy formation, waste excretion, neurotransmitter formation, those are your happy chemicals, antioxidant recycling, and utilization of key nutrients. This can actually kind of lead one to believe that folate is the most important nutrient in the universe. But the truth is, we need all the B vitamins for this to happen. So let's take an in-depth look at not only the pathway, but also the other nutrients outside of the main player, folate, which are necessary. So the methylation and folate cycles we've talked about a little bit before, but let's get into the gory detail. Now this is very visual, and if you'd like to see the image of the actual pathway with all of the cofactors, you can go to tohealthwiththat.com. The image shows the methylation pathway and the folate cycle in all their glory, with all of the cofactors necessary showing in color. And that image actually is, there's a lot of detail and it's eye-crossingly small, so feel free to double-click on that and it'll get bigger on your screen. You'll notice that although folate, which we've spent eons talking about, shows up twice, riboflavin, which we haven't even mentioned yet, is in there four times. With MTHFR issues, it's really easy to start to think everything is about folate. But the truth is, the B vitamins are a group of B vitamins, right? They're all called Bs, because they function together. MTHFR folks need those other B vitamins to get any of this to work. So just folate in isolation isn't going to do it. Folate doesn't ever function in isolation, and before somebody with an MTHFR issue even begins to supplement folate, they should start with the other B vitamins that aren't directly involved in methylation. That is B1, which is thymine, B2, which is riboflavin, B3, which is niacin, B5, pantothenic acid or pantothene, B6, pyridoxine, and B7, biotin. And then the ones that are directly involved in methylation are folate and cobalamin, that's B9 and B12. When we're talking about cellular energy, which is the Krebs cycle, I have also got a diagram that's, you know, dizzyingly small, so take a double-click on that one at tohealthwiththat.com. I'm pretty sure what about the Krebs cycle is a question that no one has actually ever asked, ever. But still, the Krebs cycle is how your cells generate energy. And we have to discuss it, because without the Krebs cycle, your cells have no energy, and if your cells have no energy, you don't either. That's, that's a showstopper. Turns out, The feeling of no energy is a common issue for MTHFR folks, so it really does matter. And again, when you look at the diagram, you'll see all of these other B vitamins everywhere. Folate is actually not directly within the Krebs cycle at all, but every other B vitamin is. And so the bottom line is that MTHFR folks need other B vitamins too, and especially actually riboflavin. In fact, riboflavin or vitamin B2 is actually a cofactor in the MTHFR reaction itself. Meaning that if you're low on riboflavin, it doesn't matter if your MTHFR is working perfectly, it still isn't going to happen. For this reason, MTHFR folks need riboflavin just as much as we need folate, maybe even more so. So start the other B vitamins first. It may sound counterintuitive, but when you're starting on your MTHFR journey, it matters to do things in the right order. 
Step one, as we've discussed, is eliminating toxic folic acid. It's a good idea to start up an MTHFR lifestyle here, too. Just get a little cleaner, take out as many chemicals and toxins as you can, and generally, you know, start to avoid some of the more processed, more chemically parts of life. Step two is to incorporate food sources of natural folate, right? So you've taken all of the folic acid out, you're incorporating food sources of natural folate, and then step three is to add a B vitamin supplement that has all of the other B vitamins, but not any form of folate or cobalamin. Because for MTHFR folks, we might have different reactions to different forms of folate and different forms of cobalamin, so it's nice to add those separately until you kind of have a a general idea about how you in particular react. At this time, the only one that I've found on the market is actually B- from Seeking Health. Seeking Health is a company that Ben Lynch started, and he is also very involved in MTHFR research and MTHFR information. So um, I really like his products. I trust them very much. And please, by all means, if you find another one that doesn't have the, the folate or the cobalamin, let me know. Send me a message. I would love to hear about it. After that, you can try to optimize your dose of a different folate, you know, or folinic acid or 5-LMTHF. If you would happen to like to order, there's a button where you can do so at a 10% discount, and it's an affiliate link. So, you know, if you do purchase, then they pay me for the referral, just so you know that. It's easy to forget that nutrition is best when it isn't just in bits and pieces. Rather, a complete and balanced diet and supplement routine. Preferably diet. In an ideal world, we'd get all of this from our food. But of course, it's the real world, and sometimes we need to supplement. Regardless, don't hyper-focus on folate, especially not to the degree that you miss the rest of the B vitamins, because you certainly won't feel better that way. Also, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my MTHFR story, just because, you know, I think when you understand someone's story, it's easier to see why they're so passionate about something. And so for me, MTHFR, uh, this wasn't a known thing in the 70s, right? I was born premature, and we blamed a lot of my health quirkiness on that. Like, maybe I just wasn't quite done. I wasn't quite cooked, right? And so I always had, you know, weird joints, weird structural issues where I'd have joint or muscle pain, even as a kid, um, which is not very normal. And then I was always pretty dreamy, kind of off in my own head, creative and um, a little bit abstract, I would say, but then also very emotionally sensitive. Like I couldn't handle piano competitions because if I lost, it was awful because I didn't do my best and I should have done better and, you know, I I should have been able to win it. And, And then if I won, it was awful because then I knew all those other people had lost and they would feel bad and I was feeling bad for them and blah, blah, blah. Like it just, you know, a little overly emotionally sensitive. And that certainly takes a toll on a person. And uh, I was always interested in health, went into medicine, went through medical school. And at that time, we were talking a lot about epigenetics, but not a lot about MTHFR. It just really wasn't in the realm. And uh, I learned about it, as I do so many things, from a patient who came in. She had been having fertility issues. She had gone to a specialist who had tested her for MTHFR, and she brought the results to me and said, look, I don't really understand this. The fertility doc wasn't able to tell me very much except to take a massive dose of folic acid, which was what they did in those days. Now, I think hopefully most doctors know better, but, um, but in, in the early days, it was folic acid all the way. So I started to look into it, and it was, it was me. It was reading about me. And I had already run my um, 
genetic test. And so I found Genetic Genie, which is the processor that you can run it through to get your own MTHFR results. Sure enough, right? Like my results are a stoplight. You either <laughs> I am definitely having issues with MTHFR and a number of related um, genetic SNPs. You know, since then, I've been reading everything I can. I've just been a voracious reader about MTHFR. And in the early days, the only resources were PubMed, right? And just crawl through journals. And, and that's what I did. Um, and now there's people like Ben Lynch who are also along the same path and doing their own research. But it's still early days. You know, a lot of this is very much interpretation and extrapolation, right? We're taking the data that we have and using that to try and find clinical paths forward. And so it's really important to know that we are in an early stage of the research and that, you know, this will all evolve quite a bit in the next 10, especially 20 years, right? We may have an entirely different approach then. But for now, I feel like there's a lot of information and a lot of good information that I can share with people because, you know, I went from a bad day being an 8 out of 10 on the pain scale. And that is actually life prohibitive, right? Like that, that gets in your way a lot. And now a bad day is a 2 out of 10 on the pain scale. And that's not prohibitive at all, right? Like I'm grateful that that's my bad day now. And I want that for everybody, you know? So this is, this is why I'm passing on this knowledge. This is why I'm sharing this so passionately. Thanks for listening. And uh, join us next week for a deep dive into MTHFR and glutathione, which is your master antioxidant. And also, check out the website. I've got some uh, downloads available. And also, get on the mailing list, because we're starting a couple of courses. I've got course starting in October and uh, a short, you know, start here download. It's available. So check it out, tohealthwithout.com. Thanks very much. <laughs>